Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Giddy up, Coomzy. The Blue Jays finally won a baseball series. Uh, welcome into episode 148 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. And uh, that was a nice one. I mean, the AL Central is a joke, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, the Jays are back. But taking two out of three from a team that has a similar record to you, that's that's not a bad weekend at all, Cam. No, definitely not. I will say, though, I, I echo the sentiment about the American League Central being ass. And I spent that entire weekend visualizing in my head what it would be like to play in that division instead of the American League East. Just imagine this this Minnesota Twins team is going to win that division with like 83 wins. It's embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> like there's a part of me that's kind of like, okay, like what can you really do, right? Are you just going to sit there and like change up the division structure because these five teams specifically are all incredibly mid or terrible in the yes. case of the Royals? I, I don't know. I, I think it's a bigger picture thing where like, why do divisions need to exist in baseball, you know? Anymore, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they need to change something. There's been talk, I, I saw this for the NHL, people talked about doing the 1-16 to 16 playoff format because we're not, you know, people aren't, the, the, the teams aren't flying on Air Canada anymore. They're flying on chartered private jets. So who cares about the time zones and the travel? Like, why couldn't we just do that? Would be interesting. Yeah, I'm I am honestly kind of with you on that. Anyways, uh, let's dig into the way this series played out. The Jays taking two of three from the Minnesota Twins. And that means for the first time in a long time, we're starting <laughs> this podcast with the up portion of three up, three down. Let's dig into that first game where the Jays took down the Twins by a score of three to one. And I mean, hey, they're probably not taking down the Minnesota Twins by a score of three to one if it's not for Kevin Gosman pitching into the sixth inning, only allowing one earned run. Struggled a little bit. He walked five. You know, he had nine total base runners, I think, in that ball game, nine or ten. Um, but he did strike out eight and had some pretty dominant looking at bats um, in that one. So Kevin Gosman having a good start. That's our ace. Yeah, that's what the Jays needed. And that's what Kevin Gosman has pretty much done since moment one, since signing that contract. I mean, he joins the team last year, deals with the bad luck, still having like a fantastic season in 2022, despite having that, you know, historically messed up batting average on balls and play luck. And this year he's been even better, like exactly what the team needs, because I mean, we'd probably rather not talk about Alec Manoa on this podcast because we talked about him so much in the past with the struggles and he didn't start in this series. It doesn't really matter, but the Jays are kind of down an ace this year. And Kevin Gosman has really remained very solid in that role. And there's just been so many times where 
you know, the, the team's struggling and they just come out of that series against Tampa. It was bad vibes after back-to-back losses. And you know, Ke- and Kevin Gosman starting the first game of your series against Minnesota and you feel so much confidence coming into that because he's on the mound. And it's, it's nice to have that because it doesn't really feel like there are very many other sure things, but having that at the start of your series is such a nice tone setter. It really feels like, you know, every once in a while he might get lit up. Like think about that start in Houston, very random, but yeah, you always feel good when Kevin Gosman's on the mound. And now you get this nice little run where he's going to pitch again in the third game against the Milwaukee Brewers. So hopefully another chance for him to come through for the Jays. A little side note from that ball game. Nate Pearson came in, pitched a scoreless inning. He's now gone through three. It's been three consecutive scoreless outings for Nate Pearson, throwing four innings over that span, striking out five batters over that span. This guy's velocity is right where you want to see it. I am like smiling, just reading off these stat lines. Nate Pearson becoming an impact piece in this bullpen. It feels nice. Yeah, he might actually be their eighth inning guy now. You yeah. you see Eric Swanson, and it's interesting. The two guys they're kind of using in these situations when the starting pitcher doesn't go that long, it's Eric Swanson and it's Trevor Richards, two guys with strikeout stuff. Um, and then, you know, Jimmy Garcia hasn't had the season that he had last year, this year. And then, of course, Jordan Romano is the closer. So it opens up a spot in the eighth inning, and it looks like Nate Pearson's kind of grabbed it. Like, I'll ask you a question. if if you have say Romano's not available and you need one of these relievers to come in and shut down an inning, who would you pick? Is it Nate Pearson? Is it Swanson? Like I think Swanson's the second best. And I think Nate Pearson's now number three. Well, it's certainly not Jamie Garcia anymore. Not Uh, anymore. No, I think that ship has kind of sailed. Maybe in a few months, but not right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should say, I shouldn't say that ship has sailed. There's still plenty of time this year for Jimmy to get his game back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Swanson and Pearson, man. And the longer this little Nate Pearson run keeps going, I think the more we start to have the conversation of, oh, this isn't just like a heater, right? And the guy's got a 1.93 ERA on the season. It's no longer just a heater. Like maybe this is actually him finding his groove as a major leaguer. And we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago as well of like, man, it must just feel so good to be Nate Pearson and to be like, man, I finally found like where I belong in major league baseball. Um, but the longer this goes on, man, like every appearance he's striking someone out, every appearance he's throwing a ball close to triple digits. There, it's not like he's getting lucky right now with like, oh, a great defensive plan. Like, that's why he didn't give up a double or that's why he didn't give up two hits in this outing. Like, no, he just comes in and gets the job done. He's not walking a lot of guys either. I know he did walk one in this Minnesota one. But before that, it was like three or four straight innings where he hadn't given up a walk. Great stuff. Yeah, the peripheral stats are solid. It's It's been 14 innings now for him in 2023, striking out nine batters per nine innings. So essentially, like you said, comes in, pitches innings, strikes one guy out, and then he's walking 3.2 per nine. So essentially in every, what, third appearance, there's a walk. And that was kind of the concern for Nate Pearson when he was starting was, you know, he gets into his head, he's trying to aim the ball, he's losing the strike zone, he's getting anxious. And with him as a reliever, he just rears back and chucks it and relies on his stuff. and He's the fireball, 100-mile-an-hour throwing late-inning weapon the Blue Jays have needed for the past two seasons, 2021, 2022. This is the exact reliever they needed. And, man, I really hope this is legit because uh, I think I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd say I've been like a Nate Pearson believer forever. Like I really thought he was going to be like a two or three starter, a good starter. But then when he got injured and was struggling the past few years, I was kind of like, 
yeah, maybe it'll never happen. You know how pitchers are. Like we've seen so many different pitchers bust in the Blue Jays system, go from Kyle Drayback all the way up. And you just never know. But man, like the way he's chucking now looks like a bullpen ace. Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm getting such a chuck. I'm sure people listening to this are the same way, but we are like getting actively giddy at the idea of our one time, like you said, guy who we're like, he could be a number one or a number two for this team. He's going to be a borderline ace for them. But we're now giddy about the point of him potentially being a bullpen guy, which tells you how much our fan, this fan base has been through in terms of bullpen arms. Yeah, it's been we've 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 watched some rough, rough pitches, man. Two years ago now in 2021, when they were competitive, we were watching Joel Pamps, Raphael Dolis, Tyler Chatwood. Like that was literally two years ago now, pitching those innings. And now instead we're watching finally Nate Pearson come around and become that reliever. It's great. It's fantastic. And knock on wood that it continues. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so there's our first up. It's the pitching in that first game. Kevin Gosman does the bulk, but a little shout out to Nate Pearson in there as well. We're going to talk about some of the hitters that were hot in the third up, but for number two, uh, Jose Barrios, I don't think it's premature anymore to say Jose Barrios is back. A 3.86 ERA on the year. He pitches into the sixth inning, almost gets through the sixth inning as well. Does not give up an earned run. Did walk five, but still, that's another solid start from Jose Barrios, who in his last seven games has an ERA of 2.68 and has struck out 41 batters in 43 and two thirds. Uh, He's looking very, very good. And for him specifically, I like bringing up kind of the feel good side of these things. Like we talked about Pearson for Barrios to have that start, which now, again, adds to a string of really, really nice appearances from him. But for him to do it in Minnesota probably gave him an extra little bit of oomph. Yeah, that's great. You like you like to see Jose Brios go back to his old his old city, face his teammates, uh, pitch in front of the fans he used to pitch in front of and do well. That's always an environment where it could cause anxiety. It could be a difficult time for a pitcher to go back, especially given the you know past year that Jose Brios has had. It's been a roller coaster ride. But I mean, I think the the definitely the positive thing to draw from that start and. Like you said, there's a ton of positives from Barrios lately outside of those first two bad starts, Kansas City and Anaheim. He's been pretty much looking like who the, the pitcher they traded for in 2021. And um, the, the nice thing about this Barrios start is I don't think he necessarily had his best stuff. Like he navigated around four hits, five walks and got himself into some trouble and worked his way out of it. This is one of those starts where if this happened last year, then shit would have hit the fan. Like the first inning, the twins had the bases loaded and he manages to get out of it completely unscathed. Whereas last year, if you saw Barrios pitching and it's the bases loaded with one out in the first inning, you know, he's going to allow like six or seven runs in this start. The other team's going to tag him for a home run or two. He's going to walk a few guys. It's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. But again, that's where I go back to him looking like the pitcher he was in 2021, where, yeah, maybe there's going to be guys on base. He's going to allow a single. He's going to walk a guy, but he has the ability to get through it. And that's what we didn't see last year. And that's what we are seeing now. And I think it is safe to say this is the, the Jose Barrios of last year was a one year thing. And he's back to being a quality pitcher. I don't know if I'm going to call him an ace or even a number two, but he's a very good, I think number three. 
and I like that you brought up the point of last year being the anomaly. Cause again, part of the reason why we were so excited when they went out and got this guy is because he really was Mr. Consistent for the twins for three, four straight seasons, right? Like all he did was give them good starts, good appearances and good seasons. I do think a lot of the people who were sitting there after last year being like, he is washed. He has nothing. He'll never find it again. It's a little bit like, okay, well, when you look at a pitcher who has again, one, two, three, four years of good baseball, one year of bad baseball, Maybe there was a bit, not overreaction, because again, he was basically bad for an entire season. But the idea of him not being able to bounce back, I think some people maybe dismissed it a little bit too much. And he's looking great so far this year. And it brings up the question. I know we chewed on it a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was two episodes ago. Um, if you, if the playoffs started right now, if the series you were going into was a best of three must win, how would you roll out your starters? I think for me, well, it's Gosman number one. We all know that. Yeah. And then... Is it Bassett or Barrios is too? Uh, recency bias says Barrios because we'll, we'll touch on Bassett in a few minutes here. But Bassett's been great too, man. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either. But mm, that's tough. I think I'm going to go Jose Barrios as my number two and then Bassett is my number three. Interesting stuff. I think. I think. Can Maybe you? they're... I don't know. They're, they're pretty much the same. I think you have three tiers. You have Gosman on his own. You have Bassett and Barrios as your like, middle guys who are more often than not going to give you a solid start, but they're going to work around some challenges. Might not be a dominant start every time. And then you have Alec Manoa and Yusei Kikuchi who are you know, having a rough go. I think those are our three tiers of starting pitchers. If you would have clipped this part of the conversation, <laughs> maybe not your last line there, but like, who's going to be your playoff starters? And you go Gosman, Barrios... Bass, if you'd have played that for us at the start of the year, I'm pretty sure we both would have been like, oh, damn, Manoa's probably like out for the year. Like, that sucks. That's a big blow. Um, I don't think we would have. We got nobody, nobody saw this coming. Yeah, we, we got to stop with that. All right. Third up from this series against the Minnesota Twins, there is a couple of guys who did a lot of damage with the bat in their hands. Uh, Bo Bichette, I feel like we almost aren't even talking enough about what a dominant season he's been having. And it's weird, right? Because Maybe we've just come to expect Bo to be good with the bat and people love jumping on the blue or the defense side of things and, and, you know, hammering him for that. But there's a very good chance this guy wins a batting title as the shortstop of the Toronto Blue Jays and he's under the age of 25. That's remarkable. Yeah, the series that he just had against Minnesota, he goes seven for 13 with two dingers and six RBIs. He now leads Major League Baseball with 78 hits in second place. It's Freddie Freeman at 72. His batting average now is 338, which leads the American League. I think there's somebody in the National League that's higher than him, but I don't pay a tremendous amount of attention to the NL, so I don't really know. Um, yeah, it is. Honestly, it's we kind of forget Bobichette's led the American league in hits in back-to-back years. And like I said, he's leading the American league in hits again this year. And it's completely within reason to say, Hey, look, this guy can win a batting title. I think, I mean, the defense, there's going to be the mistakes. It is what it is. He's not a glove first shortstop, but if his offense is this good, nobody really cares. I think, um, I don't know if this is an insane thing to say, but it kind of reminds me of like Derek Jeter, right? It was um, the fantastic offense consistently at the top of the lineup forever. And I don't know, Derek Jeter won gold gloves, but he was never the best shortstop in the American League. And I mean, the offense was just so good that it didn't really even matter. And I'm not going to say Bo Bichette is Derek Jeter or he's going to have that career. But that's the example that pops into my mind when a player can do so much offensively at a premium defensive position that even if he's just average defensively, that's really what matters. 
Yeah, the only player in the league who uh, has a higher batting average than Bo Bichette is Luis Arez from the Miami Marlins, who uh, former Minnesota twin. They moved him in the Pablo Lopez deal, and he's somehow batting three seventy six this year, which is like insane. He's like so far ahead of Bo, who's in second place. Um, but yeah, it, it's something, man. There are only fifteen qualified hitters in the majors who are batting above three hundred right now, and uh, Bo Bichette sitting second in the entire league, not just in the AL. Uh, so a good series from Bo, seven for 13. I, for a minute there, I was like, oh, damn, Bo Bichette might hit for the cycle in that Saturday game. When you come up into your first two ABs, our dinger triple, it's like, whoa, you got the hard part out of the way. Um, but anyways, uh, let's talk about Dalton Varsho as well, who, oh boy, the uh, the people <laughs> who want to rip on that trade were out in full force after game two of that series. But he showed us what kind of potential he has in that game three like when if you want to be a defender of the Dalton Varsho deal from this winter uh, you probably just show people the highlights of the third game of this series and run that back a little bit because he was very good on the base pass he made a couple of really solid defensive plays as well he also had a homer in this series which was great to see Uh, but a nice bounce back game from Dalton Varsho gets a little honorable mention yeah, it was a, it was the perfect revenge game for Bar Show after Saturday where, and look, I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to be critical of the two balls that he had go off of his glove for home runs. Like the first one, he got back. Yeah, it bounced out. He probably should have caught that. But even then, like, it's still like a plus play defensively. I think the second one was a very difficult play and it just didn't end up happening. But then in the third game, he, he pretty much winds up with like the exact same thing. It's the eighth inning. Carlos Correa drills one to center field and he goes out and catches it, which must have felt so nice. Yeah. And then also from center field, gunning out the runner at third, trying to advance. And there was one more great defensive play from him. Oh, it was the running play. That's right. He was at first base. And then Alejandro Kirk hits the single and he guns it all the way around and scores. And that's after, you know, um, hitting what should have been an out. He grounds out to second base and guns it and ends up essentially forcing an error. And um, just like that speed on the base paths and what that can do. We, we did. This is what we talked about in the offseason is the Jays are diversifying their offense slash defense. They're making their team different with players that have different skills. So they can score in different ways, right? They have a speedy guy on first base now who can score from first on a bloop single. That's not really something we've seen in the past. So a nice thing for our show. Um, the bat hasn't really come around just yet, but we are seeing the defense. It's, it's, it's very important to have that, especially now with um, if Kevin Kiermeyer is going to miss an extended period of time, having our show as your backup in center field, we're really going to see that value. I do think it's kind of funny. Like you're right. The first one probably could have had it. The second one, like if he makes that play, it's a plus, yeah. plus defensive play and an average defender, like probably doesn't even get to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where him being as good and as quick as he is out there allowed, got him in the position to have a shot at the ball. And I feel like sitting there and like roasting him for being like, Oh my God, he didn't hold on to it or whatever is like, well, I mean, nine out of 10 outfielders aren't even touching it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Varsho and Bo with, uh, with big series for this team, let's flip gears and uh, go to the down and start. I want to start with Vladdy because it's, it's like, a little bit concerning the stretch he's been on. I know the average was up for a good chunk of the season, but the power is just nowhere to be seen, Coomsey. And he missed those couple of games in Pittsburgh. Since then, he's batting 217 with an OPS that's like a hair above 600. He's struggling. He had a bad series. And this isn't like a one-week, two-week thing when it comes to the power. 
we haven't seen power from Vladdy all season and we're almost clear of two months here. Yeah, this is a this is what we were talking about um, a few weeks ago when we were going through that that time when they were playing Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and he was dealing with the injury. And it it was, you know, we, we, we talked about how how Vladdy's played so many games ever since he came up. It's been, you know, he's never gone on the injured list. He's hardly ever taken time off. It was playing every single day in the 60 game COVID season. And then after that, <clears throat> and then last year, too, it's damn near every single game for this guy. And I mean, there's a significant amount of wear and tear there going in and playing on the field every day. Half of those games are on the turf going in and taking at bats every day, like no matter what. What. And this is what we speculated back when they were playing Pittsburgh and Philly was, you know, maybe there's been so much wear and tear. It might not be the worst idea to um, put Vladdy on the IL for a little bit here. Let him sit out for a week and a half. Let him sit out for the 10 days and really get right. Because um, the season's such a grind and he's already grinded through so many, so many games in the past few years that just giving him a little short period of time off in May or June or whenever that comes might be necessary because like we, we, we all know that the lineup without Vladdy in the middle of it looks ugly. It doesn't look good when you have, you know, Brandon belt batting fourth or, or something like that. The Vladdy in the middle of the lineup is the marquee weapon that makes the blue Jays what they are when they're rolling. But if, if, if he's not at his best, which he isn't right now, he's clearly not a hundred percent. Then it, it doesn't make the difference, right? It's, it's, it's not the big bat in the middle of the lineup that they need. They badly need Vladdy to be healthy the rest of the way. They can't have, you know, an entire season of 75% Vladdy. It's, 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 they, they, they really need to get him back to 100%. Unfortunately, it might take some time on the injured list. Another guy who might be seeing some time on the injured list is Kevin Kiermaier. We saw him exit lower bat kind of thing. Um, this is a guy, again, a veteran, obviously not the same as the Vladdy situation here, but I think if you were expecting the Jays to get like north of 150 games out of Kevin Kiermeyer this season, probably shouldn't have had your expectation that high. This feels like a spot where you want him as fresh as he can possibly be down the stretch. And as the season goes on, even if this is a minor thing, I probably sit him down for 10 days. Yeah, definitely. This is it's it's the same thing here. Kevin Kiermaier played in just 62 games last year. He had a fairly healthy 2021 at 122 games, but you go back to 2017 and 2018, it was 98 games, 88 games. Uh, I mean, we all see Kevin Kiermaier play baseball. We know why he's injury prone. You know, we we the way he runs the bases, the way he slides in, um, the way he runs around in the outfield, the catches that he makes, like that, it takes a significant wear and tear on your body. Obviously, he's not really a young guy either. He's you know spent his entire career like as we know playing on a turf where it's concrete underneath of that it's not easy on your body whatsoever if something does flare up you we we saw uh kiermeyer throw the ball in from center field and it just didn't look right whatsoever yeah again i i echo your sentiments i don't think it's ideal to just day-to-day this thing and try and slide him back in as quickly as possible. I think you give him the week and a half, two weeks that you need. Hopefully it is that short and let Dalton Bar show patrol center field. Call somebody up from Buffalo. There's a prospect they have down in AAA. Spencer Horwitz has an 886 OPS this season. He's hitting quite well. Uh, they've also had him playing left field. He's mostly an infielder, but they've had him playing left field a little bit. So it seems like the play would be Bar show center field, call up Horowitz to play and left, move things around like that. But 
Same thing that I said with Vladdy. If the season's a marathon, it's not a sprint. If guys have to go on the IL in May or June, ye, go for it because you're making these moves for August and September. Yeah, you're bang on. You're making these moves for August and September. And you know, there's never really, I guess, an ideal time to do it. You can look ahead at what the Jays have coming up. You know, if you put both those guys on the 10 day IL right now, they're going to be missing, you know, a series against the Houston Astros potentially, right? Um, so you don't necessarily, there, there'll never be a good time. If you're trying to find 10 days where you play nothing but garbage opponents, also, if you have that mindset, that's how you lose games to garbage opponents. So never a great time to do it, but early in the year is when it hurts you the least probably and could have some benefits down the line. Uh, the third down from this series against Minnesota, the uh, only pitcher who really didn't come through with quality for the Jays was Chris Bassett. But looking at his game log so far this season, I mean, he's really been Mr. Consistent for them. In 11 starts so far this year, by my count, he's had two average starts, you could say. There was the one in Seattle where he gave up four earned, but he's still pitching to the fifth. You know, I'm not even going to call that one against LA a bad one. That was a great one. So yeah, there's been one average start, two bad starts, and then eight really damn good starts. So when Chris Bassett goes and has a tough time early against the Minnesota Twins, I just kind of shrug and say like, eh, he'll bounce back. Yeah, uh, the the pitcher that I kind of think about when I watch Chris Bassett pitch, and they don't look anything alike. They, they're not that similar, but it's just the association brain uh, game my brain plays. And I, I, I kind of think of Mark Burley and what he was in 20, <clears throat> 2014 and 2015. And he, he pitched a lot of really good, really important innings for the Jays that season. And every once in a while, there'd be, you know, he's a pitch to contact guy with some softer stuff. Every once in a while, there's going to be a game where you're walking guys. You can't paint the corner. Or they, everything's finding green. And that's just the way it's going to be. It's, you know, Chris Bassett's not like a, like a fireball throwing ace who's striking guys out for seven innings. He's, you know, an innings muncher guy who relies on soft contact and things like that. So I think back to the Mark Burleys of the world and every once in a while, there's a bad start, but you're going to get so many more good innings out of a pitcher like Bassett than bad that, you know, you look at a start like this against Minnesota and you just kind of shrug. I imagine that, you know, if, 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 if we kind of look at these first 11 starts that he's had, most of them are quality. That's probably what it's going to be for the entirety of the year. I have no real concerns about Bassett whatsoever. There, there was concerns at the very beginning of the season. How is this guy going to handle the pitch clock? You know, is he struggling with the little telecom thing they're using? Uh, whatever, you know, pitching to the new pitcher or the new catchers, but he's figured it out has been significantly more good than bad for the Jays. So I, I wouldn't look anything into that start at all. 100%. All right, there you go. There's your three up, three down for the Jays. They take two of three from the Minnesota Twins. We will get set for that big three-game set against the Milwaukee Brewers. Massive interleague play at Rogers Center. Um, We'll get set for that, but first we'll step aside for a quick break. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, Coombsy, uh, like I said, two out of three coming up, or sorry, three games coming up against the Brewers, and they have a day off. Finally, it's their first day off since May 11th. A lot wow. of baseball. And you get the sense there's probably a handful of guys who are very excited just to have one day off. It's always nice when the day off comes at home too, right? Like guys would have flown back after that game against Minnesota, got to sleep in their own bed. So a much needed rest day for the Toronto Blue Jays. Before we get set for this series against the Brewers though, let's bring in Brandon Douglas for the AL East report. Brandon, I'm looking at the AL East standings and the Jays took two or three from the Twins, but they didn't move. They stayed in last. What the hell happened in this division? No, you, like you were just saying, Ty, about a desperately needed uh, series coming up against the Brewers. This one over the weekend was about as desperately needed as it gets because as much as Jays fans can keep hoping that one of these opponents in the AL East is going to start slipping up, it doesn't look like it's going to come anytime soon. Three of the four uh, other teams in the AL, uh, AL East won their series. The only one who didn't was the Orioles, and they still did get a win out of it. So, um, yeah, the Jays just basically keeping their neck above water right now until – um, one of these other teams does cool down enough for, for Toronto to hopefully make up some ground. So the Orioles did uh, drop two of three to the Rangers. You know, kind of the Orioles have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. So it is nice to kind of see them cool off a little bit. And in terms of this series, it was about what you expect from the Rangers. The bats worked really well. Um, the Orioles' top prospect, uh, pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, he did go in game one uh, and got absolutely shelled. He has since uh, shortly thereafter been demoted to AAA. They did recall uh, lefty Keegan Aiken. He's a bullpen arm, not uh, going to be in the rotation. So right now, the Orioles, a little bit of um, uh, speculation and question marks about what they are going to do with the rotation in the immediate future with Rodriguez back down to AAA. Uh, he was having a pretty decent rookie season for the most part, but a couple tough outings, and they uh, want to send him back down to, to get a little more seasoning in the meantime. Uh, next up for the Orioles, they're going to have three at home versus the Cleveland Guardians. Over in Boston, they take two or three against a very good Diamondbacks team. Uh, Rafael Devers, he he did sit out the first two games of this series with some calf soreness, but it kind of came at a good time for him because you're talking about how maybe it would be good for Vladdy to to sit out a couple games to get his get his health back to 100 to kind of help kickstart his bat. Devers had been in a similar slump, uh, didn't really work because he came back in game three, went 0 for five. And is now two for twenty-four over his past six starts at the plate. So, not uh, not great for that. Um, what's supposed to be a top bat in the Red Sox order. Uh, next up for the uh, the Bo Sox, they're going to be at home versus the Reds. But they, like the Blue Jays, do have today off here on Monday. The Yankees. Uh, we talked about the struggling Padres, and it kind of went as we expected. Uh, the Yankees taking two of three, and their only loss did come in that Friday night game. We talked about it on last episode. Their top prospect did get re- or pitching prospect did get recalled to take that game, and it didn't go super great for the young man Vasquez. He uh, went four and two thirds, gave up two earned runs, six Ks, three walks on four hits. So nothing crazy. Uh, he kind of held his own in there, but it did come in the loss. He has since been optioned back to AAA with Domingo Germán reinstated yesterday, and he will make his uh, first start since suspension tonight here on Monday against the Mariners as the Yankees kick off a series with them. 
the Rays out and uh, they were at home versus Los Angeles, pardon me, and they took two of three in that one as well. Very high scoring. Every single game hit the over by an extremely wide margin. Um, and I mean, yeah, what is left to say about the Rays? They get the job done a lot of ways despite injuries across the lineup in the rotation. They believe they've used the most starting pitchers of any team in baseball. Uh, they used an opener in this series at one point. They're a really good team, and, and just like we said, they're not slowing down anytime soon. They've got three games versus the Cubs, so when you look at it in the big picture, guys, we talked about the Jays just keeping their head above water. They're going to have to keep doing that because the only one of those teams that we just talked about that has a matchup this week against a team above 500 is the Yankees against the Mariners. The Guardians, the Reds, and the Cubs, those are three teams that are not particularly very good. And it certainly looks like the um, the opponents in the AL East aren't going to be giving up any more room in the standings anytime soon. Coomsey and Brandon, I got a question for you guys. The uh, The Tampa Bay Rays have 335 runs scored so far this season. Only one other team in the majors has hit 300. Any guess on who that might be? That's a good question. Um, is, it, is it the Rangers? It is. Yeah, okay. The Rangers are... I was going to say, their, their sticks have been electric pretty yeah. much uh, since the kickoff of this year so they're flying yeah they have a plus 123 run differential they wow features i didn't realize they were doing that well okay that's what i was saying i was like i was just sitting here looking at the standings pages brandon was going through everything and i was like holy shit the texas rangers are 33 and 19 and like dummying everybody it's insane. you know what you know what this is going to lead to them losing in the american league division series to the blue jays in three games Oh, fuck. That'd be all. (laughs) Give me that. Oh, that'd be great. All right. Anyways, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, you bet, guys. Coombsy, let's wrap up this pod with a look ahead at what's coming up for the Blue Jays. Three games against the Milwaukee Brewers. A couple of pitchers for the Jays looking for bounce backs in Kikuchi and Manoa. They go in games one and two up against Adrian Hauser and Julio Turan, respectfully. And uh, then Kevin Gosman gets Freddie Peralta in a battle of, well, not quite a battle of aces, but the Jays do avoid Corbin Burns in this series, which is nice. Yeah, that's huge because the Jays don't have, um, they have their third tier of pitchers going in the first couple of games and then their number one tier of pitchers. So this is kind of a weird series. It's a difficult one to predict what's going to happen because, you know, you have Kikuchi and Manoa going back to back to kick things off. It's really hard to say what kind of starts you're going to get from either of those two at this point. But Milwaukee's also not like a great hitting team at all. Uh, and then you have Kevin Gosman, and like you said, there's no Corbin Burns, so you're avoid- avoiding Milwaukee's ace. You're not seeing the best of Milwaukee's pitching. So I think you hope you split those two Kikuchi and Manoa starts, and then you look at the Gosman one going up against Freddie Peralta, and you think, okay, this is the one we should win. So you're thinking two of three here, right? Also, I need to point out, because I've I've paid so little attention to the Milwaukee Brewers, they're just... The only thing I really pay attention to on this team is how Rowdy Telez is doing. He's doing quite well. I think we all know that. But another name that I have consistently brought up as like one of our joke names, Joel Payamps. I think I've mentioned him on like five straight podcasts. He has pitched for, for Milwaukee 25 and one third innings this year and has a 2.13 ERA. Damn so, it. One that got away. <laughs> yep, one that got away. He could be, uh, you know, we're talking about Nate Pearson being the eighth inning guy. It could be, you know, Pamps, Pearson, and Romano. Wow. But yeah, you'd think you'd think given those two former Jays in this team, one of them's probably gonna kill them in this series. Like you have to expect Rowdy's gonna hit a home run in Toronto, right? 
Yeah, I don't know if Tano's got the line set up, but I'd, I'd be on it. Uh, seems seems like an automatic, and it also seems like an automatic that Joel Pams is going to pitch a shutdown inning as well. So those are my two guarantees for the series, and I'm also guaranteeing two out of three wins. Guaranteed. Brewers just lost two of three to the San Francisco Giants. They lost 15 to one and cool. then three to one and then beat them seven five in uh, the series finale. But here's the stat or the little nugget of info that really sums up the Brewers season so far. They lead the NL Central. They're sitting in first, but they are dead last in the division in runs scored. <laughs> like the Cubs are 22 and 30 and have scored almost 30 more runs in them this season. Like this Brewers team does not score runs. They have a minus 21 run differential and they're sitting in the top spot. It is, uh, it is quite something. And at the dome, it's a good chance for the Jays to, uh, keep racking up the wins and hopefully win back to back series. That's going to be a wrap on episode 148 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Coomsey, 107 Eastern start on Thursday. So maybe we can sneak in an afternoon pod that day. Let's do it. We've been saying this for a while. We're always like, you know what? We're going to watch the Blue Jays play that afternoon game. They're going to win. We're going to have some beers. It's going to be great. We're going to watch Joel Payamp's pitch. We're excited. <laughs> we should, uh, we should actually do it this time. It's been, it's been a while since we've been in person. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, chat with you on Thursday. Coombs, enjoy the series. Best wishes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.